With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Leading Florida 2-1 late in the second period. Early third, Columbus up 4-2 on the Canadians. After two, Capitals two, Jets one. Ovechkin has both goals, 42 on the season. Now 600 in his career. Flyers and Golden Knights 1-1 early in the third. Also early third, Rangers three, Hurricanes two. Coming up later tonight, San Jose home to Detroit, Vancouver at Los Angeles. The Blues will take on the Ducks. Oilers and Flames tomorrow right here on 6.30. Chad, 5.30 for the face-off show. The game will start at 7. Hey, my name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight. You've probably heard in our newscasts about the letter Robbie Alomar wrote to Edmonton City Council about REMAX Field, about the Edmonton prospects. Well, Jordan Blundell, the assistant GM for the prospects, will join us after the 7.30 news to shed a little more light on that and what's going on with the prospects. They've been to the League Championship Series two years in a row, so they're putting out a pretty decent product on the field, and I think they're... uh, attendance has increased year after year. So obviously a niche market team, but they seem to be finding a pretty good niche there. I think their home opener is a couple months away. Jordan will give us the details. Later this half hour, this is going to be fun. Uh, About a week and a half ago, the Oilers signed Ostap Safin to his entry-level contract. He plays for the St. John Sea Dogs. Well, Sea Dogs president and general manager Trevor Georgie is going to join us to let you know how Safin is doing. So that'll be uh, coming up in a few minutes here on Inside Sports. 780-496-0063 is the open line. You can text 63630. Hey, some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Golden Fork winning chicken. Now open Wednesdays where you can taste Edmonton's best fried chicken and mac and cheese. Oh, that mac and cheese is good. Dorito Mac and Cheese, 124th Street, 107th Avenue. A couple of texts here. Gabe says Ovechkin has outdone McDavid and has been just as valuable to his team. And another texter says, why is Ovi not at the top of the heart list, leading the league in goals? And Backstrom, his running mate, is way back in points. Tampa Bay has three players you could pick. Pick Pittsburgh has at least two. Boston, two or three. Only Colorado, New Jersey, and Washington have one, and they should be the three finalists. So this texture saying it should be Ovechkin, McKinnon, and Hall. And th- this is a fun one to me because uh, some years it's obvious, or maybe it's between two guys for the Hart Trophy. This year, I, I mean, look, everything that uh, those textures wrote in about Alexander Ovechkin, you can't argue with. He's scoring a ton of goals. His team is still having a pretty good year. 
there's not maybe a, a fellow star on the team. There's a lot of good offensive players on the team. But, uh, yeah, another name for Alexander Ovechkin. Who did Kelly Rudy say when we had him on last week? I mean, he, he said he had Blake Wheeler in there. He had Vasilevsky, the goaltender for Tampa Bay. This could be a really interesting vote this year. And, and if McDavid wins the scoring race and has some crazy almost goal-per-game finish to the season, maybe voters just say, well, there's no clear choice, so we'll give it to the most prolific score. Everybody, and, and somebody asked the definition earlier, player judged most valuable to his team. So usually people say, well, how valuable can you be if you didn't get your team into the playoffs? But sometimes you just might say, this guy got a ton of points. Where's his team without him, whether they got in or not? So I don't know. Mission the Park texting in says, Reed, have you talked about the Edmonton Journal article by David Staples on March 9th referencing Elliot Friedman's Sportsnet article about Daryl Cates wanting to surround himself with 80s Oilers and now trying to squeak coffee in as a future coach with no coaching experience whatsoever? Uh, yeah, I heard about that, obviously. And, I mean, look... I don't think Paul Coffey is going to be the next head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. I I simply do not think that. Friedman wants to speculate about whatever he wants to speculate about. He can do that. There are rumors everywhere when the team is doing bad, like the Oilers are this year, and when they're greatly underachieving, everything is going to get picked apart. Every slight rumor or step or misstep is going to be analyzed or overanalyzed. Right. If the Oilers were doing well and had hired Paul Coffey as a you know guy to help mentor the defense, everybody would think it was great. So they're not. There's speculation: Will McClellan be back? Will Shirelli be back? Because the season hasn't gone very well. I and I think Daryl Cates is the owner of the team, but I think Bob Nicholson is steering the ship. So. Given Nicholson's hiring history, I, I don't know if he would go down the path as a guy who's never coached in the NHL in any way to suddenly be the head coach. That's just what I think, Mish. Yes, what I think. There it is. You can text six thirty six thirty. The phone number is seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. So Pontus Aberg, new Oiler, hasn't scored as I mentioned in twenty four games since he was a Nashville Predator playing against the Oilers in mid-December. If he stays up on that line with McDavid and Nugent Hopkins, I imagine he will get some chances to score. I sat down with him after practice, talked to him about that, but before things got serious, uh, I had some fun with him about the pronunciation of his last name because we've settled on Aberg, but as he's going to tell you, we're all saying it wrong. Uh, many different ways, apparently, to say it. No, no one really knows, but... Uh... In Swedish, it's uh, Oberg, and that's uh, like a, it's a Swedish letter, the first one. So it doesn't exist over here, so it's hard for you guys to say. All right. So if, did you did you when you first came to North America? Or what was it like with the pronunciation? Did you just tell people to do whatever they wanted, or did you try to pick a way? Yeah, I I always said Aberg, and then uh, uh, when I got to Milwaukee, there they started saying it, and in Nashville they said Aberg. So uh, well, I had. Either way, really, but it doesn't really matter to me. Okay. Well, uh, going through your time here in Edmonton, I know you haven't been here that long, but you got to play with Nugent Hopkins and McDavid on a line the other night. Uh, how did you find playing with those two guys? It was fun. Uh, just, just two really, uh, really good hockey players for, for sure, and uh, uh, it's, uh, it's good for me. Uh, 
we were playing a, playing a fast game, so uh, uh, I liked it. You, you mentioned they're fast. You're obviously fast as well. But what do you have to do to to, to make sure you're open or to, or to help them on on the forecheck, given the speed they can bring? They're, they're both so good with the pucks. I mean, just uh, get to the net, uh, get open. Uh, how do I get open? Uh, just try to find spots. I mean, like I said, they're so good with the puck and finding those finding those plays. And uh, well, the the scoring could uh, speak for itself. The last game. I got to ask you, because there's been some guys on the team who obviously, you know, Milan had a long time without a goal. I know you're trying to break out right now. And the last time you scored, what's in Edmonton? So I don't know if you thought playing at Rogers Place might be, uh, might be good for you. Uh, do you as an athlete think about that specifically, the individual stats, or are you just more wor worried about contributing to hopefully a win every night? It's, uh, for sure, it's, uh, the winning goes first. I mean, but for yourself and for your own confidence, you want to... Uh, you want to do what you feel like you're good at, and uh, uh, that hasn't happened for me this year. So, I'm, I mean, I'm just trying to uh, to work hard every night and give it a hundred, and, uh, and if I get the points, that will be a bonus for it. But uh, as long as I work and feel like I'm still creating stuff out there, I'm uh, I'm feeling good about myself still. So. All right. So you've been through your first home stand as an Oiler. You've got to stay in Edmonton for a couple of weeks now. Have you learned anything about Edmonton that surprised you or you didn't know yet? It's no, <laughs> not really. I mean, I don't, I don't do much. I mean, I'm, I'm in my hotel room and I go for, for dinner and that's, that's about it. Or I sit at home and watch TV shows, so I'm not, uh, I'm not doing much. But I haven't been to the mall yet. I've heard it's, uh, it's a pretty big mall, so I have to go there. But uh, um, it's, uh, I didn't know how, how crazy it actually was with hockey around, like, if you compare Canada to the States, it's, uh, it's bigger over here, and uh, uh, you can tell. Some thoughts from Pontus Aberg. Enjoyed talking to him. Yes, it is a pretty big mall, Pontus, no doubt about that. And I loved how he said at the uh, interview, he's actually a little bit surprised about hockey, how hockey crazy it is here in Edmonton. Well, he's he's learning that. We'll see where he goes. I mean, I don't think he's going to be a top two lines forward, even though he's getting a chance there right now. I think he has the potential to be a penalty killer, speed and energy guy on the on the bottom two lines. I know that coming from Nashville, they talked about his skill, um, We'll see. I mean, he, when he has had shooting attempts, they've uh, he missed the net by a wide margin a couple of times on Saturday night. But uh, probably going to be an oiler through the end of next year at least, so we'll see where he goes. Pretty interesting story when we get back. We'll talk to Trevor Georgie, who recently became the youngest person in major junior history to be the president of a CHL team. He'll give some of the secrets behind a very successful St. John Sea Dogs franchise, and he'll tell you about Oilers prospect Ostap Safin. All coming up. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Last week, the Edmonton Oilers signed Ostap Safin to his three-year entry-level contract. He was drafted 115th overall by the Oilers in the 2017 draft, playing for the St. John Sea Dogs. He has 26 goals, 56 points in 59 games. The president and GM of the Sea Dogs is Trevor Georgie. Trevor, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Thanks, Reed. I'm doing fantastic. How 
about you? I'm doing very well. It's nice to catch up with you, Trevor. Obviously, the, the season winding down for the St. John Sea Dogs. I know a lot of Oilers fans have been playing, uh, paying attention to Ostap uh, Safin, who we'll talk about in a couple minutes. Uh, pr- pretty competitive in the QMJHL this year. Uh, I know St. John, a pretty pretty proud history, uh, including a Memorial Cup. I guess you'd say this is a would you, would you say this is a rare off year, a rare rebuilding year for you guys? Yeah, I think the the one thing that St. John's done a great job of over the years has been respecting the, the junior hockey cycle. So uh, after the 2012 President Cup and Memorial Cup appearance, uh, we went 16th, then 17th, then 10th, 3rd, and 1st. So we've really patient ownership, and uh, despite management groups or coaching groups, uh, we've you know, respected the cycle and been rewarded for it. So, you know, for us this year, from our final Mem Cup lineup last season, we had six guys return. So, uh, there's not a team in the CHL that you know, had that many players uh, leave. So, uh, it's almost like an expansion group this year, given um, given the few bodies coming back. So, it's all part of the cycle, and uh, we're in the process of uh, building it back up. Okay. Yeah. Well, you guys have obviously had some really successful runs. So that's been pretty. I mean, who do you have? Uh, I'm trying to think who you have in the NHL. Huberto was there. Was Hoffman not there for a little bit yeah. as, as well? You're bang on, Reed. So we had uh, Jonathan Huberto, Mike Hoffman, uh, Chris DiDominico, uh who was also with Ottawa and was in the uh, lease organization, uh, Thomas Shabbat, Charlie Coyle, uh, Thomas Yurko in Chicago, Matthew Highmore the other night. Uh, it was with us last season. He's with Chicago. Uh, so last year, actually, we had 13 players at NHL camps, which is uh, among the most, if not the most, across the CHL as well. So, yeah, great tradition here for taking our time, developing our players, and and uh, investing in them to watch them take that next step. Yeah, well, and that's important, too, so the fan base knows if, if you have a tough year, it's it's probably building towards something, and you guys have done a done a great job of that. I, I always love asking about the, uh, the, the, the sporting landscape in, in a city. I mean, I'm pretty sure St. John is... You have to correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure it's still under a hundred thousand people. Um, so, what 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 other sports are you up against there? Is it or is it clearly you guys are the big dogs in town, and then there's other stuff, or or uh, what's the what's the menu like for the sports fan in St. John? Yeah, good question. We um, uh, we have a basketball team here that plays in the uh, the, the Canadian League, and um, and they draw reasonably well. But I would definitely say that uh, the Sea Dogs are are the uh, Edmonton Oilers or the Toronto Maple Leafs or wherever sit here from. It's the the big show in town, and I look at it as we throw uh, 34. You know, home games a year, but 34 parties a year for our community, and um, not too often do you get 34, you know, four to five thousand person parties in the city of 100,000. So we're really fortunate for that. We have a very passionate fan base, um, and uh, yeah, it's a great junior hockey city. You should make your way out here. Yeah, well, uh, you know what? You're, I'm ashamed to admit I've never been to the Maritimes. So I've been uh, most. You should be ashamed. I know. <laughs> Gotta get out, and I heard there's good golf too. So maybe, maybe I can combine the hockey trip with some golf sometime. Uh, Trevor Georgie joining us at Inside Sports. He's the president and general manager of the St. John Seahawks. Okay, so you got Ostap uh, Safin. The Oilers recently signed him to uh, an entry-level contract. Give me, Tell me what he has been like for you guys. I, I know he's been you know, one of your leading scorers. How's he played this season? What do you like about his game? Yeah, on, on and off the ice, uh, Ostap's an exceptional, exceptional young man. Um, 
you know, I'm just going to start with off the ice. He's, uh, he has, you know, his uh, leadership qualities that you don't uh, maybe naturally see um, from all, uh, you know, import players that are coming over and just adapting to a whole new environment. Uh, he's got a real dry sense of humor, uh, very, very likable, well-liked by his teammates, well-liked by everyone that meets him, beloved by his billet family. Uh, so for us, that's really, really important. To be a sea dog, you have to be a great teammate, and Ostop has that. Um, his overall hockey package, you look at being you know six foot five uh, skate like he does for a big man um you know his shot is he has a big 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 time skill and um and uh you know he's playing game on a team that um that uh you know he's not necessarily uh you know playing with um some of the stars that uh other uh rookies in this league are playing with so he's having to create a lot on his own and uh he's had uh, he's been really really great um you look at his uh, his uh, flexibility or uh, functionality for our team he's uh he's really come a long way since the start of the year um simply playing in offensive roles he's he's now you know, he's killing penalties for us we had him at center uh, for quite some time so um he's played in all types of situations that uh i think even surprised us in terms of uh where we thought he'd be uh this time uh you know at the start of the season did he come in with a with a pretty good background and knowledge of english or did uh, did he need to do some learning throughout the year when uh, when we drafted him in the import draft, uh, we were chatting about that the other day. He laughs. He says that he didn't know really what to say because he didn't speak that much English, and he just kept saying yes, yes, yes. I couldn't tell if he was happy to come here or not, but uh, he, he just kept saying yes. Uh, I thought his English was actually very good on the phone. He's probably a bit hard on himself in terms of his English. Uh, yeah, his English is good. He worked with the, an English tutor uh, here, uh, Parker, for the first uh, you know, first half of the season, him and Radim Salda, a fellow countryman, and uh, his English is great, and um, and he can carry a conversation without any, any problem at all. Okay. Any, any things that uh, you guys have focused on him working on or improving throughout the season? Yeah, again, getting the chance to play in all kinds of situations, uh, getting uh, him to uh, play center, you know, uh, getting him to kill penalties. These are areas that are probably, you know, maybe a little bit uncomfortable at first for him because he hasn't played those roles or those positions. So that uh, that we certainly want to give him uh, that opportunity. Um, uh, you know, consistency, like any junior hockey player, uh, the difference of, of making it uh, professionally is oftentimes, you know, consistency. And so um, for him to come out every shift and every night and, and have that consistent effort, um, you look at his, his point production, uh, you know, he's almost at a point a game, he's almost at 30 goals, and uh, it's his first year in North America. Really, really impressive. Um, and next year in, in junior, he could come back and absolutely dominate. I think that Ostop is, is good for 40 goals, uh, you know, 80 to 100 points next year. Well, you just got everybody excited. <laughs> so definitely we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Trevor Patience, jo- though. Patience. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Patience. That's that's an important word. Patience. Trevor Georgie joining us at Inside Sports. He's, uh, Inside Sports. He's the president and GM of the St. John Sea Dogs. Before we go, i, I got to get your story out there uh, because you're, you're an interesting guy. You're 30 years of age, pretty young to be working in, in management. And you start you started with the Sea Dogs at, uh, Dogs at 27? Like, do you have a 
playing background, or are you one of those guys that at 12 you didn't want to be playing, you wanted to be putting the teams together and managing them? What, what's, what's going on here? Yeah, I'd be more of the guy at 12 that uh, didn't want, that uh, loved playing, but uh, certainly not good enough to, to make a career of it and, and wanted to, uh, to work in management. Yeah, that's a great chance to join this organization and uh, sign with them. Uh, just around Christmas time a few years ago, I was just shy of my 28th birthday at that time, and uh, it's been great. Um, I, you know, so much of it is attributed to, you know, hard work, but also uh, having the right mentors and right people to show you the way. And I've been lucky with uh, with so many of them, with Scott McCain, our team owner, and. Uh, you know, initially it was Richard Petty, who was president of, uh, or CEO of Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment, really took me under his wing to, to mentor me and, and uh, maybe help me navigate so I don't make some of the same mistakes uh, he made and, and make some, uh, make some uh, quality decisions at an early age. So I've been really fortunate and uh, don't take it for granted every day. Um, you know, we expect our players to work incredibly hard and uh, us in the front office do the same thing. It's, you know, seven days a week. You know, 15, 16 hour days and uh, I think when you work hard uh, and when you um, when you treat people right, those combination of those two things um, open a lot of doors for you so I've been very fortunate with that Sounds great man Trevor, thanks for sharing your story, letting us know on the scene there in St. John, and obviously we'll be keeping a close eye on Saf and I know Oilers fans are excited about his future I hope we can do this again Trevor thank you so much for your time Thanks Reed. talk to you soon Trevor Georgie, president and GM of the St. John Sea Dogs, and he predicts big things for Oilers prospect Ostap Safin, a guy definitely to keep an eye on. Hey, what about Robbie Alomar's connection to Edmonton? We'll delve into that when we get back. Inside Sports on Chet. Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The got his 300th career point on Saturday night. Oilers beat the Minnesota Wild 4-1. They'll be in Calgary tomorrow. Catch it on 630 Chad with the face-off show at 5.30. Game at 7. No Oscar Clefbaum tomorrow. Head coach Todd McClellan says he's likely to play Wednesday Home to San Jose. The Oilers update for Nisku Ford. Every model on sale every day. Nisku Ford above expectations. NHL tonight. Rangers lead the Hurricanes 5-3 late in the third. Jets and Capitals 2-2 with four minutes left. Ovechkin has two goals. He's up to 42 on the season. 600 in his career. The tying goal for Winnipeg early in the third. Patrick Laine, his 41st. Golden Knights up 3-2 on the Flyers with 20 seconds left. The Blue Jackets have beaten the Canadians 5-2. Seth Jones, two goals, but he also left the game with an injury. We'll keep an eye on that. Sabres and Panthers, 2-2 early in the third. Still to come tonight, L.A. is home to Vancouver. St. Louis travels to Anaheim, and Detroit is at San Jose. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 630 Ched. Robbie Alomar, for people of my age, probably one of your favorite ball players of all time, if you like the Toronto Blue Jays. In my mind, the greatest Toronto Blue Jay of all time. Well, he has written a letter to Mayor Don Iveson and Edmonton City Council uh, praising the Edmonton prospects, uh, praising Remax Field, and talking about the importance of both in the future of Edmonton's River Valley, and to talk a little bit more about the prospects and that letter, Jordan Blundell, who's the assistant GM for the prospects. Jordan, thanks for making time for me. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, Reed. Yeah. 
Good to talk to you. Before we get into some of the specifics of of the letter and where the prospects are headed in terms of the the the, the field itself and being a presence there, uh, give me tell me a little bit about Alomar coming to town because I know you guys had a gala a couple uh, weeks ago. Pretty cool to to get him. I mean, it must have been an awesome night and a pretty awesome fan reaction to hear him speak. Yeah, no, it was a it was a great event. Uh, we held it at the Blasper Hangar down at Fort Edmonton Park on uh, February 24th. Um, yeah, you know what? I had the opportunity to ride to and from the hotel with Robin as well as talk to him at the event. And just being able to uh, share baseball experiences, obviously I did uh, more listening than talking. And, um, you know, he does so much with, uh, with the youth and grassroots baseball in this country that it was cool to connect on that level as well. And that kind of led us into what we do in the city and what the prospects are all about. Um, he was familiar with the league and, and knew a little bit about what we were doing. And um, it was cool to set him up to speed and, and let him know where we're at. Well, what did he talk about? Did he, did he take did he take questions? Because I'm sure, like I said, people of my age would want to ask him about his home run against the A's and beating the Tomahawk yeah. Chop. Or did he talk more about uh, youth and his, you know, path and per- perseverance? Give us a sense of uh, his topics. Well, we had uh, Al Coates do uh, kind of a, an interview with, with Robbie on stage, and, and he talked about you know all those highlights, all those great memories. Um, you know, obviously that home run against Rickers Lee is, is something that uh, Robbie is asked about quite a bit and something that he talks about and it seemed like he he doesn't have a problem talking about that uh that event too often so that was pretty cool um talked about kind of just the blue jays atmosphere and the culture around the team and um how cool it was to to win a world series obviously that's something that's really unique and special and and just the vibe on the team and and, and how they went into you know, 92 and and you know we're expecting to win and didn't know if they could and uh, you know, 93 was a little different feel. They knew they could do it, and, and they went out and did it again kind of thing. So uh, it was really cool just to, to hear his take on professional sports and baseball and, and playing in the major leagues. And, um, you know, one of the events that, that he mentioned was that sticks out in his career was uh, the, the first hit. That was kind of uh, a, a signature moment for him to, to let him know that, that he made it and that maybe he belongs up there. Um, so as great as he was, you know, he's got those stories of, you know, he was just trying to make it and, and do whatever he could to get up there. And um, once he got up there, I guess we, we all know what ended up happening. He might be the greatest second baseman of all time. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I was saying he was the great. I think he's the greatest Blue Jay of all time, but you're right. He might be the greatest guy ever to play that position. So uh, he, he wrote a letter to uh, Mayor Iverson and, and City Council, and you can get uh, excerpts from it on 630ched.com. we got a story up there. So obviously that's great. He's he's supporting you guys and, and the ballpark. So Jordan, give people a sense of uh, what's happening with the park. Like if I'm if I'm understanding this correctly, it's still pretty secure for the next two or three years. But uh, I'll let you give people the the version of of uh, the things that are being talked about and what we know and, and don't know in terms of Remax Field. Well, okay, I appreciate that opportunity. Actually, it's uh, it's a situation where. Um, you know, we're getting a lot of press right now, and um, we wanted to bring the level of awareness up to um, what's going on in the River Valley, and, and we're part of that community, um, and it's a, it's a beautiful spot in, in Edmonton, let alone Canada, and um, there, there's plans in, in place uh, to look at redeveloping that river crossing area, and, and we just want to continue to bring the level of awareness 
um, to the people of Edmonton that you know, we want to keep the ballpark there. It's a, it's a historically significant landmark in the city, and um, you know some of those plans include the ballpark, and some of them would include not having the ballpark there. Um, it's really preliminary, as the, as the mayor's kind of mentioned. Um, we don't feel like there's there's uh, risk of losing us uh, in, in the near future, but you know how cities develop and things change and plans are made. Um, we just want to let the let the community and let the city know that uh, we're here. We've got a great product. It's such an awesome place to be in the summer. It's a community gathering place. Um, you can come down with your neighbors, your friends, strangers, and, and root for Edmonton's team in the summer, and um, you know spend a great great night out in the River Valley and. Uh, from the ballpark, you can do the walk or go home or head downtown. Um, it, it, it's just really a, a great place. It's easily, easily accessible for everyone, and there's nothing better than the sights and sounds of a ballpark in the middle of summer with the sun out and burgers in the background and baseball being played. And, you know, it's just uh, what a great what a great thing that we have here in the city. Jordan, can you give me a sense of of how you're doing uh, attendance wise? I mean, clearly you're doing well enough that the that the team is still going. I'm sure you'd always like to do better, but have you noticed? Has there been noticeable growth in terms of attendance in recent years? Yeah, well, it's uh, it, it's a it's a funny sport. You know, if the weather doesn't look great, sometimes that can affect attendance. But as far as the product we put on the field, the fans have really responded. Um, attendance has gone up. Uh, we were up. Uh, roughly 30-35% this past season. Um, we feel like we, we've established a fan base, which is really great. Um, people follow us online. People are communicating with us through the off-season. Um, you know, our attendance is kind of mirrored by our social media presence and how many more people are following us and, and jumping on board and supporting us and calling in for tickets and, and looking into season tickets and packages and how do we get our, our kids birthday down at the field? And all those kind of things can happen at REMAX Field. And, and those are the things that have been happening and are, and are continuing to grow. Um, we expect to continue to grow. Um, like I said, the product on field is really suitable for Edmonton. It's, it's college kids pursuing their dream, um, you know, playing for the passion of the game. Uh, we've got, we, we host players from all over North America as well as our own homegrown players. Um, you get an opportunity to play in front of 2,500, 3,200, the Canada Day Classic, which is something that's just super special in the country. Um, you know, we get 7,500 people there with the fireworks and the game. and um, It's a lifetime experience, and, and not just for the players, but to be in the ballpark with fellow Edmontonians and experience Canada Day in that environment is, is something that people remember and look forward to uh, on that day. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to another awesome year. Um uh, I'm looking forward to continuing to see more and more people come out and support us and, and enjoy the product. Well, I got I got to ask you about the product. Jordan Blundell joining us, assistant general manager for the Edmonton Prospects. Again, you can go to 630ched.com to get more on Robbie Alomar's letter to the city about the prospects in Remax Field. Jordan, uh, about I think f- I did it two summers, so it was, it was I think it was five or six years ago, or six and seven years ago. Uh, I did PA announcing for the prospects. Uh, I think you guys play 30-some home games. I think I did around a dozen games for, for two summers in a row when I was available. Jordan, the team wasn't very good. I, I think one team, one year out of the 12 games that I did, I think they won once. Uh, yeah. And some of those games, unfortunately, weren't even close. But yeah. now the, the team has made the league championship series two years in a row. What's turned it around on the field? 
I think establishing uh, the fact that that uh, we are a viable option for college baseball players to come and play in our organization. Uh, that's part of the process here. Is is where we recruit players from from all over North America uh, and, and establish relationships with colleges down in the U.S. Uh, from Division One, Division Two, junior colleges, and and gaining their trust. Uh, you know, coaches down there are sending players to to play in programs. And, and part of the deal is building trust with those programs and, and those coaches and, and their leadership that, you know, we're going to treat their players properly. We're going to respect them. They're going to have a great time. They're going to have an experience of a lifetime um, and, and providing a, a, a good place to continue to hone their skills so that, that when they do go back to school, um, that they've improved and, and they're ready to compete at an even higher level when they do return and you know, middle of August, late late August to to their schools to finish up their their collegiate playing career. Um, sometimes there's ebbs and flows for sure with the roster. Um, you, you never know. Uh, the player may have a great great season in college and come up and, and struggle in a wood bat league. A lot of the players that that we do recruit swing metal bats. Um, so the fact that we're a wood bat league, um, you know, semi professional style. Um, it changes things for sure, and there's some adjustment that needs needs to take place for the players. Um, but we're pretty confident that uh, we'll put another awesome team on the field, something that the, the fans of the prospects can be proud of. Um, we've we've basically got our roster recruited. You know, there's always injuries and things that happen as we get closer to May 31st, which is our home opener. Um, things change right up until that day, and they change throughout the season with injuries and things going on with players. Uh, the draft's coming up. We have a couple players that may or may not be selected in the draft, and that could affect our roster. So sometimes uh, the, the, the players that we put on the field uh, comes out of our control a little bit, uh, but we've done a really good job this year and, and in years past. As, as as you mentioned, we've had a couple of tough years, but that's, that's kind of changed uh, over the last two, three years. Uh, we feel like we've built a, a good foundation of, of talented players, good kids, leaders in the community, uh, we're going to do some projects with some, some of the um, youth here in town. We'll have some kids camps, some boys and girls club stuff, children's wish stuff. Um, we feel like we've got the right mix of players to be successful on the field as well as successful off the field and, and, and be leaders in the community. So we're looking forward to it. We want to win some more games than we did last year and, and obviously get that last win. Only one team gets to, to win the last game of the season, and, and that's our goal is to be that team that, wins the last game of the year so we can see that dog pile. Jordan, you're a true pro because you worked in the date for the home opener without me having to ask. <laughs> and prospectsbaseballclub.com. And yeah, it starts May 31st against uh, Lethbridge. Thanks for filling us in and thanks for enlightening us on uh, on Robbie Alomar and his relationship with your team. And uh, yeah, we'll have to get some of your players and coaches on and do some profiles throughout the season. Sound good? Awesome. Yeah, appreciate you. Thank you very much. That is Jordan Blundell checking in tonight, assistant general manager for the Edmonton Prospects. That is a great ballpark. I got to give a lot of credit to Patrick Cassidy, the owner of the team, for keeping it going, keep pushing, because you know what it's like. It's uh, It can be hard to be, you know, whatever you want to call it, a minor sports team in this city, but the prospects uh, have kept going, and they got a pretty good following. 749 Inside Sports on Chad. We're coming right back. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. Talbot was excellent against the Wild on Saturday night. Oilers and Flames coming up tomorrow. 
Ethan Bear expected to play once again. Two assists in five games so far for the rookie blue liner. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. He is on the power play. He's running it, and uh, that's a real positive. Moving forward, we want to see him continue that. A lot of players come in early with... um, uh, some energy and some excitement and they perform real well and then it tends to fall off. He hasn't shown signs of that. Um, we're going to play against our rival in Calgary. We'll see how he responds in that game. And, and going forward, we want to make sure that he has uh, a positive experience here but also is learning and improving as he's doing it. And that would probably come in the, the defensive area. Is he defending well enough five on five to hold those other spots we're talking about? He's getting there. Um, you know, he's certainly not uh, hurting us a lot, but there are segments of his game that he knows he has to work on and that we're trying to work on him with. And um, it's interesting because we're asking about a guy who's played five games. We've got guys that have played 800 games that need to do that. And, uh, you know, so that, that goes both ways. Uh, we focus on the young player because he's experiencing things for the first time. And he's uh, a very fast learner. He's, he's willing to learn. He's uh, got a high IQ and he picks things up quickly, so we think that he can continue to improve. Yeah, well, and Bear says he's got to keep an open mind here. I've learned a lot here. Um, you know, just little skills that you know I never thought of, and you know they've just been helping me out, like you know going through video and even things uh, after after practice. You know, working on little skills and um, especially with Jim, and he's been he's been really good, and they you know he likes the way I play, so that makes me happy. So Oilers Flames tomorrow. Edmonton has beaten Calgary seven straight times. Face-off show at 5.30. Game will start at 7. The University Cup starts on Thursday in New Brunswick. As expected, the Alberta Golden Bears go in as the number two seed. They're going to play their quarterfinal on Friday, 10 a.m. Mountain Time against number seven, Acadia. The Saskatchewan Huskies, the other Canada West participant, they go in seated number six. They'll play number three, McGill, at four o'clock on Friday afternoon. The other quarters will be played on Thursday. The semis on Saturday, the final on Sunday. Golden Bears volleyball at Nationals in Hamilton. Later this week, they're the number two seed. They play Queens on Friday. And the Pandas volleyball team at Nationals in Quebec starting on Friday. They're the number seven seed. They'll play number two Montreal in their quarterfinal. I watched the fourth quarter of the men's basketball championship game yesterday. Exciting one between Ryerson and Calgary. Speaking of the anybody but Calgary sentiment, people are going to be unhappy. The Dinos did win. They uh, Remember they upended uh, Alberta in the Canada West Championship game nine days ago, got the number two seed at Nationals. Bears lost to Ryerson in the quarter. Ryerson upended powerhouse Carlton in the semifinal. A really good uh, final game came down right to the end. Calgary was up six with a couple minutes to go. Ryerson came back to tie three-pointer with nine seconds left. Calgary got the winning bucket with two seconds left to win by two. Final look at the NHL scoreboard. Rangers beat the Hurricanes 6-3. Golden Knights knock off the Flyers 3-2. Capitals beat the Jets 3-2 in overtime. Kuznetsov, the game winner. Ovechkin scored twice. Now has 600 in his career. Blue Jackets dumped the Canadians 5-2. Senators and Panthers tied 3-3 with about eight and a half minutes left. Thanks to everybody who called and texted tonight. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy. He's our studio producer. And thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of the show. Oilers now from Calgary from noon to 2 tomorrow. And then, of course, I'll be with you at 5.30 for the Faceoff Show. My name is Reed Wilkins. Charles Adler is next. Have a great night, and thanks for listening.
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.